What is up, bros? Welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. We've made it out of the, the dungeon that DJ and Vic locked us in. <laughs> we have taken... I was going to... I was gonna go more like a like saw trap kind of thing, but okay. The saw trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, we're out of it now, and we have taken over our podcast back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this week on the podcast, uh, in Funko Focus, we have a couple new figures that we're gonna talk about. Um, one's for a Star Wars line. I was going to talk about it in and the the collector core theme, but some of these figures were just like way too cool to not talk about. <laughs> um, which we'll get into. Um then up in four K spotlight we have three technically seven <laughs> new yeah. releases. Uh that we'll be discussing. Um, and then in Through the Wall, we're going to be talking about the final. Is it the final or is it just the second? No, it's the final. Okay, yeah. We're going to be talking about the final Halloween Kills trailer that came out. Uh, then after that, we will get into our breakdown, which is going to be of Cruella. Yeah. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into it. Let's do it. Every day, we're surrounded by media, books, movies, art, music, games, apps, podcasts, etc., etc. With this constant bombardment, it's easy to miss great media gems in the chaos. But fret not, you've come to the right place, my friend. I'm Jason, and I love media. I invite you to check out the Mixed Media Forest podcast, the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media to find hidden gems for you, the listener. Every episode of Mixed Media Forest is chock full of fun, reviews, nostalgia, positivity, news, rants, stories, and recommendations about all things media. Again, that's the Mixed Media Forest podcast, created on Anchor Podcasting app and available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Give it a listen. It's what all the cool kids are doing. Alrighty, first up in Funko Focus. Um, I have a little bit less, I feel, to say about this line, so I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Um, these we have two figures at least ones that are standing out we're getting into mandalorian and they have they have two like moments i i don't know what you would call these because these technically weren't in the show at, well one of them was one of them was in the show one of them was not in the show um so it'll be interesting to see what they call call this one but the first one that was in the show uh what is a grogu on meditating on the rock which is freaking epic <laughs> <laughs> he has his eyes closed and his like 
three little fingers in like a circle. Like he is straight up meditating, and it is he's magical. Gandhi, yeah. It is magical. Um, <laughs> this one looks so so cool. Um, but I just love all the freaking Grogu figures that they've come up with. Um, the next one is. I don't know what to technically call this. I'm going to call it a moment. This one's freaking badass. Um, this is kind of like a prelude into the poster that was released today. The poster? You didn't see that? No. Yeah, they released the first... Um, well, how about you talk about it first, and then I'll say what poster they released. Okay. Um, yeah, so the... F- this figure is Boba Fett sitting on, it looks like a just some big-ass throne. And he has, like, his newly painted armor on. And then Fennec is, the assassin, is standing behind him, kind of. It kind of looks like she's floating. It does. I don't know what, what's up with that. So maybe she's going to be a separate piece. I don't really know. That's what I was thinking too, but I mean, they did release a picture of um of like the individual. So I don't know what the what the deal is with that one, but she it looks like she's kind of like standing behind the the um the throne that that Boba Fett's on, and it just yeah. looks so cool. It does. So what what poster are you talking about? Um, so they released the first official poster for the book of Boba Fett. Isn't that what the show's called? Yes. Um, and actually this, I'm pretty sure this is the exact same thing. He's actually sitting on a Jabba's throne. Is it Jabba's? Yeah. Pretty no sure that's shit. Jabba's. Oh, snap. I just looked it up. That is epic. Right? Yeah. It's a cool ass poster, dude. Boba Fett's so cool. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he really is. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, and that's that streams this year. Oh shit! Really? December 29th. Oh hell yeah! If this if this poster I'm looking at is is real, I mean I'm sure. I mean no, I'm sure it's real because Disney, uh, and like the Disney Plus official page announced today. Yeah, they're they're releasing it December 29th. Bro, this is going to be dope. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what it is. Like I feel like the Mandalorian like though Star Wars does a, such a good job with helmets. This is true. Like say what you will about Captain Phasma and how shitty like how she got nothing to do as a character. I feel so bad for that actress. But her armor and her helmet are just oh, amazing. Yeah. I don't feel that bad for that actress cuz Oh, really? I'm willing to bet you that that check was fat. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um Yeah, but all of their like Star Wars helmets are iconic, I feel. Like, every single one of them. Like, they haven't had, like, a miss yet. It's true. Like, Stormtroopers, 
the First Order troopers, freaking Mandalor. Like I want a Mandalorian helmet, and it's like I don't even want a a helmet for, like the Mandalorian's helmet. I just want a Mandalorian helmet that I can like paint okay. and do myself. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I want to design one. I want to get... <laughs> if anyone knows a 3D printer that'd be willing to make me a Mandalorian helmet, let me know. Because, <laughs> like, no matter how dorky you might think Star Wars is, everyone freaking looks cool in a Mandalorian helmet. Like, I freaking see people on TikTok all the time wearing Mandalorian helmets of all different varieties. And, yeah. like, they do their freaking TikToks in those helmets. And I'm like, that is so cool. <laughs> like, yeah, you're doing dishes, but you f- you look epic. <laughs> yeah. Anything you do in that outfit, you look epic. <laughs> exactly. Like, I want that in my life. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, so if anyone knows someone that would be willing to make me a, a Mandalorian helmet, <laughs> hit, hit me up. up. But yeah, they have a few other um, Mandalorian figures that came out. The, um, I forget what his name is. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, I think he was the sheriff. Yeah, I think that's his name. Yeah, they have him... Where he's wearing Boba Fett's beat up helmet. And then they have a chase where he's unmasked. They have a Fennec standalone. They have Luke Skywalker holding Grogu, which is so cool. Uh, they have the Frog Lady, which is going to be a Walgreens exclusive. That one's weird. That one's a weird Walgreens exclusive. It's probably because they know she's going to be a shelf warmer if they make her just a common. So they're like, let's make her exclusive, see if anybody will actually try to get her. Yeah. And then they have a Walmart exclusive Boba Fett where he is unmasked. Um, then they have a Mandalorian pop where he's holding the Beskar spear. They have a dark trooper that's carrying Grogu. Um, they have one of those that glows in the dark, but the glow kind of sucks. The, sucks. I think it's just the eyes. Mm. So that's kind of lame. And then yeah, for lack sad. of a better description, Entertainment Earth is getting an exclusive Mandalorian. And it looks like a force ghost. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, yeah, it's just like a... Like, that's... The best way to describe it is Force Ghost Mando. Yep. Um, so yeah, those are all the figures, but the the big ones I wanted to talk about were that Grogu and uh, the Boba Fett. Yeah, that that's fair. So anyway, uh, Rose, what did you have for Funko Focus? Um, so for me, uh, Funko announced that they're doing a shit ton of cartoon classics with uh, Cartoon Network's old shows. And so uh, some that really stuck out to me, um, we have uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog with, I don't know how to explain his like uh, pose, like he has his hands tightened in on his chest, 
and like he's like you know like gritting his teeth like, you know like what courage would do yeah it's um, his classic courage pose <laughs> yeah yeah he looks great freaking blues clues i this is so cool oh so they have a common with blue waving high or no just showing his footprint i think um her her oh my god wow i'm sorry it's been so long since i've seen blues clues i'm sorry um and then they have a, a hot topic exclusive where she is flocked i hope this leads in to getting us more Blue's Clues figures. <laughs> I do too. Because I love that Blue's Clues has re-entered the uh, talk. Like, because, um... Uh, oh my god, what's the guy's name? Steve? Steven? Ste- no, I... I was saying the actor's name. Not the actual character's name. His name is Steven Burns. Oh. <laughs> Now I feel like a dumbass. So, so Steve, <laughs> so Steve, <laughs> how like he came back and it's just like I never forgot about you guys and just like oh my gosh, like why you gotta like hit me in the feels with that, Steve? What the hell? Yeah, freaking sucker punch right to the gut. Seriously. Um, but before I start tearing up. Uh, there's some other ones as well. We got, uh, for the Powerpuff Girls, freaking Mojo Jojo. And then, I actually don't even know this character. I, I don't know him either. Okay, cool. So, uh, there's another character. Um, we don't know him though. Um, and then just two more I want to talk about. Uh, freaking the Powerpuff Girls, but they're in their flying poses. Yeah, and the stand is, is their corresponding colors too. It's so cool! Oh my gosh, I hate that I stopped collecting. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not going back. I'm not going back, dude. The um, only way that I would get any of those is if I could buy them all at one time. Fair enough. Like I'd, ha- that's one of those figures you either have to have all of them or none of them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. So, you can't just have you can't just have Buttercup. You can't have Blossom. Just no, you have to have all of them. Yeah, like I feel like you could have Mojo Jojo on his own. You could have Courage on his own. You can't yeah. have two or one of the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, no, you need them all. You need them all. Um, and then so last but certainly not least. Um, we have some Dexter's Laboratory coming out. Uh, one with uh, Dexter pushing one of his, uh, uh, just a, a button on a controller. I don't know what it's to, but he's he's pressing that button. <laughs> and then uh, you have Dee Dee being her annoying ass self. And just with one hand to her side and then... She has her other arm up to her side. She looks like she's doing like the I'm a little teapot short and stout. Isn't that how it freaking goes? I don't know. A little bit. Yeah. Dude, I don't know what it was. Like, I felt like it was... I I think this just kind of like grew into eventually what I started hating about real people. I hated... (laughs) 
people like Dee Dee. <laughs> that wanted to enjoy life? Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> these people that were just irresponsibly happy. <laughs> Like, I can't get over that. I don't know how else to describe to describe it. It's that just these people that are fun. always in a good mood. Like I cannot stand those people. That is funny. I shouldn't <laughs> laugh, but that's funny. <laughs> like kudos to you if you can like be always smiling. But yeah, just like, know that I dislike you to your core. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even that listeners. I dislike you as a as a actually it is. I I dislike you as a person. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> is it like harsh to say that I hate the essence of your being? <laughs> like li- uh... someone like when you express to me some like it's if you want to, like, complete, like, I know people that are, like, that happy and giddy all the time, but they have shared with me some sadness from their life. And okay. then I'm like, okay, now I can view you as a normal human being. <laughs> but if 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 I never get close enough to someone to understand that they've gone through, like, heartache, and they're just, like, happy all the time... My instinct is to destroy it. <laughs> That's just... Oh, you're happy? Watch what I have planned. <laughs> <laughs> Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're happy? That's cute. I can fix that. <laughs> I'm awful. I feel like I'm like <laughs> No, please, but dude, like honestly, please let I'll me know if anyone it. else feels that way. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I feel I'm that way. Like sometimes I'll feel like I'll see like coworkers just like smiling there, just like, oh, I just love being here. It's such a great job. I'm like, no, we all hate it here. You don't have to lie to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you do truly love it here, your life is sad. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's like you have nothing going for you <laughs> if this is the highlight of your life. Oh, uh, yeah. Your face got like really serious. Yeah. <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> like, like, what was that about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't talking about people that work there in general. I'm, pe- I'm talking I... about the people that were happy to be there. <laughs> I, know, I, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We almost had like a real coming to Jesus moment right there. We did, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, like you. Oh my gosh, why didn't just make me all flustered? I'm sorry. <laughs> I started getting. I almost started going like, no. I mean, I mean, most people have have something to look forward to. It's just the people that that are happy. <laughs> it's like you know, Caleb. I'm I'm gonna be right back, but I'm actually not. So. Okay, this is getting like really dark here. <laughs> oh, good hell. Anyway, let's uh, move on. Yeah, so so uh I think that's it for Funko Focus, right? 
Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving on to 4K Spotlight. We have technically seven new releases coming out. We're not going to go through each individual one, but we'll cover the big ones. Yeah. Um. Well, so let's start with Halloween, just because those aren't like actual like new movies coming to 4K. Um. But so this is kind of interesting. Last week, which um was oh my gosh, what was what was yesterday the twenty eighth? Um. So I guess Halloween was released on 4K only because. It had already been released on 4K already, and this was just a new version. So that's actually in stores right now. But Halloween's two through five, they're supposed to come out to, uh, on October 5th. But from what I'm hearing, they actually might have gotten delayed. I don't know till when, but I mean, I'm just going off Blu-ray.com. It still says October 5th. Um, and... I mean, I, I do want to get these eventually, but I kind of want to wait till they're a little maybe on sale because freaking adding these all to your cart, you see a $150 price tag and you're like, Ooh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I think it's but, hard to, to drop that much when it's coming in like one thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But apparently uh, with Halloween 5, even though I hate that movie... Um, there is, uh, like an alternate ending that involves like the SWAT team or something like that. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. So yeah, all of these have actually like a couple new special features. They're not like just a bare bones. Hey, here's a 4k version of it. No special features. You're actually getting quite a bit new stuff with these releases. Um, so if you guys want Halloween's one through five. They are coming to 4K soon, hopefully. It still says October 5th, so I'm assuming it's October 5th still. Hmm. But, yeah. Um, And then, so movies actually coming out, or like that haven't been released yet, uh, are, um, so we got, first we got Free Guy. And so that is getting a 4K release as well. As a um oh my gosh where the hell is that where did I was I oh shit dude I was looking at the wrong date I lied guys I'm sorry free guy does not come out till next week do not listen to me wow. um <laughs> I'm sorry I got confused but Space Jam a New Legacy comes out because everyone's so excited about that one right like come on. Um, okay, that one wasn't a horrible movie. No, I actually, I actually kind of enjoyed that one. Um, but so that is getting a 4K release as well as a Best Buy exclusive steelbook. And you know what I pr- actually appreciate about this movie, or at least this steelbook, it was, went with the shitty design <laughs> that the first steelbook went with for the first movie. So, really? Yeah. I mean, but at least they're being uh. consistent. So, but now instead of like it being like just like a regular basketball court, it's like the light up one, like that was in the final basketball game in the movie. And so on the front circle, it's uh, Bugs and LeBron. And then on the back, I think it's Don Cheadle's character. And um, actually, it doesn't show. But I'm pretty sure it's Don Cheadle's character and uh, freaking uh, one of his like henchmen or some shit like that. So. 
literally the exact same as the first Space Jam Steelbook, but with like the layout for Space Jam A New Legacy with all the fun colors. Okay, that redeems the design a little bit. Not a lot. I'm not giving <laughs> you you lazy asses credit. Just <laughs> a little bit. Oh, shit. Like, instead um, of angry face, you get one of those, like, slightly raised eyebrows. <laughs> there, Dude, I swear, my knowledge for what's coming out on 4K is, like, all over the place. Because now, if I go on... Amazon, actually, Halloween 1978 isn't available also until October 5th. I was lied to by the Blu-ray community on YouTube. This is bullshit. (laughs) More importantly, it was Wet Movie 1. Brendan. It was Wet Movie 1. Brendan, what the hell? I'm kidding. (laughs) I love you, man. You don't know me, but I love you, man. Keep up the good work. If he even listens to the show. He doesn't. <laughs> Dude, how trippy would it be if he did? <laughs> that, would... <laughs> that would actually be pretty cool, considering I've been watching that guy's videos since, like, freaking, what, 2012? He's been on YouTube for a very long time. No, I believe it. Yeah. Um... But so yeah, that's it for uh, 4K Spotlight. Even though I lied to you guys a lot in that, and I apologize. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll you'll be forgiven. I hope so. I really do. All right, moving on over to Through the Wall. We got our final trailer for Halloween Kills. Oh. Don't mind me, I'm just, you know, like, trying to hide my, uh, you know what, over here. Gross. <laughs> what? What? Oh, so it's okay to make the joke about the Hawkeye trailer, but I can't do it about the Halloween Kills trailer? <laughs> it's the way it that you hide it. You should have oh, just okay. come out and just said what you meant to say. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, But, dude, this trailer was epic right oh my gosh freaking the kid so i love so it opens up with Lindsay wallace one of the survivors from 1978 and she's just like she approaches two boys swinging on the swing she's just like hey what are you guys doing out here freaking kid just savagely it's halloween we're trick-or-treating it's like duh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dude, I, so I didn't recognize a lot of those, the older characters from the original until the end. Oh, like they showed like the size, the, like the comparison of. Yeah, like I was just like, okay, just some rando like yelling at these kids. And then well, so, it's like, oh, these survivors. I'm like, oh. Yeah, so what's right. interesting is so the guy that pl- that is playing uh, Tommy Doyle. Is it not the original guy that played him? Um, it's a different actor. Um, but I'm actually okay with the change because I think the guy that they picked to play is a really good actor. So, so the only ones that actually came back that were actually in Halloween 1978 are just Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, the girl that played uh, Lindsay Wallace. Hmm. So, but it's gonna be interesting because. 
in the trailer, Lori, like during this, she like they're showing like how they were in 1978 to in uh, 2018. Um, you, you know, she's saying, uh, 40 years ago, the boogeyman came for us. We are the survivors of Michael Myers. And it shows Lonnie, um, one of the uh, bullies to Tommy Doyle in the first one, his encounter a little bit with Michael Myers, but that was actually never in Halloween 1978. So they're actually adding more to what uh, Michael Myers did on that night. So that's actually going to be really interesting. Wait, what do you mean they're adding more? Well, like, they're adding, like, stuff, like, in a way, like, we never saw, and, like, like, we never saw Michael do. So, are they adding, wait, that's confusing. Are they adding, like, deleted scenes? No, it's not deleted scenes. They're kind of, like, adding their own stuff to what happened to. That's shady. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but the thing is, though, John Carpenter actually has, like, a lot to do with this new timeline. Like, he's actually, like, put his, like, foot forward. He's helped a lot. Guys uh, scoring all three of these, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. And he scored the original, too. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, because... Like, thinking back to the original, I'm like, okay, was Lonnie the one kid that, uh, after, like, I don't know if you remember, after, uh, Lonnie and his friends, um, bully Tommy Doyle, like, they push him down and, like, he falls on his pumpkin at school? Do you remember that scene? Vaguely. Okay. Well, there's a, there's a part where, uh, one kid starts running down the stairs and he actually, like, runs into Michael and he looks up at him. And, like, he stands there for a minute and then runs away. I thought that was actually Tommy Doyle, but it's actually not. That was a completely different kid. Um, but, so, yeah, um, I guess in this timeline, Tommy actually did have an encounter with The Shape in 1978. So that's going to be interesting. Um, but, freaking, Michael, Ma- this is... I've said this before, but this is the most violent and ruthless I have ever seen Michael Myers, and I love it so much. Dude, I love how the whole freaking town is in on getting him. <laughs> that is such... IGN pointed that out in their in their review, because um, I don't know if you uh, got uh, guys listened to a couple episodes ago, but uh, there, there have been like reviews already for... Um, Halloween Kills, and it's kind of mixed right now, but, you know, not everyone has seen it yet. We'll see how it is. Uh, But IGM points out that the idea of, like, a town getting together and wanting to stop something that has haunted them for 40 years is such an interesting idea for a sequel. And they said that sometimes Halloween Kills doesn't exactly know what to do with that completely. Hmm. Yeah, so... I can but see that. Right, that. I think yeah. it's just a lot of execution. That's fair. I mean, I give David Gordon Green credit for doing that idea. Like, it's not just one girl. It's, no, a town has lived in fear of this guy for 40 years, and they're freaking done with it. I think that's such a great idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And especially if they're adding stuff that he did that night, then yeah. it just uh, then it w- doesn't feel like he was only bushwhacking Lori. Lori's friends. Yeah. 
Then it felt like he was like making his way through and then just got caught up with Lori. Yeah, exactly. So I, it, it definitely seems like they're adding to the lore and I'm honestly okay with that. Yeah. I'm as down. long as it, I appreciate especially that like, like John Carpenter is actually like given his blessing for the stuff that they're adding. I love that. Yeah. You know that that's always a sign that they're doing good. If the yeah. creator is given the, the go. Yeah, no, I agree. It was funny. Um, in like an interview a couple of years ago, uh, someone asked John Carpenter, like, Hey, how do you feel about all of these, uh, sequels, uh, you know, that were like kind of varied off of your work and like, didn't really follow what you wanted Michael to be. And he's just like, he's just like, son, whenever I see the word Halloween or Michael Myers in a movie, I just have to open my hand and just money falls into it. (laughs) I'm just like, you know what, Carpenter? I appreciate that. I love you for that. That's great. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, hey, freaking Michael Myers is just so ruthless in this one. I can't. I I can't get over it. This is gonna be an insane movie, and I'm hoping that they keep with what they did in the the 2018. Where they didn't rely too heavily on the jump scares, and and all that. I hope stuff. so as well, because I don't know. In a, in a horror movie with like a slasher, I don't really think you need jump scares that much. You're here for the gore. That that's what you're here for. You're you're there to get people watch people get bushwhacked. As effed up as that sounds, <laughs> you are there to watch people get killed in cool ways or gruesome ways however you want to put it yeah so high hopes for this movie oh yeah dude i'm already like checking to see uh when tickets go on sale because i think i'm gonna see this thursday night oh that's gonna be epic i'm i i gotta see this movie opening night like i've waited so long for this movie yeah i'm gonna I'm going to wait to see it for the first time with you. <laughs> okay. Or, and, and unless things like fall through, then I'll, I'll, I'll go watch it, watch it through streaming. But yeah, I, I'm thoroughly excited for, for this. Uh, so one out of 10, what did, oh, how did this trailer do? 10 easy. I'm still sitting at about a nine, like that's a fair. little on the no, soft side, but no, I, I'm, I'm still pumped. really good. Yeah. Um, funny enough, I was watching when you sent me that um, that video. I was actually playing on the the VR headset, and my oh, messenger notifications pop up on there. So when you sent me the link, I was able to open it on YouTube. And so I watched it like on like a freaking massive screen. It's so dude. dude, it was the shit. Oh, <laughs> bitching, dude. Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, I can't wait to do that. I know, me too. 
Um, all right, well, I think that covers through the wall, so let's move into this week's breakdown. Just do it. This week's headliner, we will be breaking down Cruella. I was going to break into the song, but no. <laughs> um, yeah, so unfortunately we did not post the question of the week with this one. Um, Dude, I feel bad. We've like been really slacking with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, it happens, guys. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll make more of an effort. Yeah. To post the uh, the figures that we talk about and like all that yeah, stuff that we talk I'm about, sorry, guys. and and I'll 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 be better about making the uh, the question of the week stuff. Um, but anyway, if you guys are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to a final. All bros letter grade. Um, the eight categories that we discuss are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. And then all of that magic gets added up together and spits out uh, a letter grade for, for us based off of the grade school or yeah, yeah. grade school system. Uh, so, without further ado, if further ado, did I say it weird? Excuse me. I thought I said it weird. It sounded fine to me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I might just be losing it. Yeah. Um, but Rose is going to read us the synopsis for the movie. So, spoiler warning now. Um, so, if you listen past this point, it's your own damn fault if you ruin the movie for yourself. So. Yeah, considering it's been on Disney Plus for to it, considering it's been on Disney Plus to where you don't have to pay for a premiere access, it's just there if you're subscribed for like a month now. Yeah, yeah. So come on, guys, come on. Yeah. Anyway, so, so reading with Rose, everyone. <laughs> oh yes, with two E's. With two E's. Two. Yep. <laughs> No, it's what is it? It's two. It's two, it two e's, e's, no i. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Oh man, all right. Estella Miller is a creative child with a talent for fashion and a nefarious streak. Estella's mother, Catherine, decides to pull her from school to keep her record clean and move to London. On the way there, she stops at an upper-class party to ask for financial assistance. Despite being told to stay in the car, Estella sneaks into the party and unintentionally attracts the attention of the host's three ferocious Dalmatians. They chase her outside and push Catherine off a cliffside balcony to her death. Orphaned and blaming herself for Catherine's death, Estella runs away to London and befriends street urchins Jasper and Horace who take her in. Ten years later, Estella practices thievery with her friends, owning her fashion skills by designing their disguises. For her birthday, da- 
I almost said Dasper. Jasper and <laughs> Jasper and Horace get her an entry level job at the Liberty Department store. However, Estella is made a janitor and denied the chance to use her talents. When Estella drunkenly redecorates a window display, the Baroness von Hellman, a renowned but authoritarian yeah, sorry, authoritarian uh Oh my god. Uh, how Couture Designer is impressed with Estella's work uh, and offers her a coveted job at the Baroness's fa fashion place. Fashion house. I'm. God, wow, I'm screwing this up so bad. Um, Estella eagerly accepts and gains the Baroness's confidence. Although proud that her designs are put on display, she eventually notices her boss wearing a necklace that once belonged to Catherine. When the Baroness claims that an employee had previously stolen it, Estella asks Jasper and Horace to help her retrieve the necklace during the Baroness's upcoming black and white ball. To conceal her identity at the ball, Estella creates an alter ego for herself named Cruella and wears one of the Baroness's old designs purchased from a vintage clothing store owner named Artie. Cruella steals the spotlight at the ball, buying Jasper and Horace enough time to break into the Baroness's high-security vault, only to realize that the Baroness is already wearing the necklace. Jasper, straying from the original plan, disguises himself as a waiter and releases rats into the party. As panic ensues, Estella manages to swipe the necklace. Noticing her necklace has not stolen, the Baroness summons her Dalmatians with a dog whistle, causing Estella to realize that the Baroness is ultimately responsible for Catherine's death. Seeking revenge, Estella orders Jasper and Horace to kidnap the Baroness's Dalmatians. Cruella upstages the Baroness by appearing at events and gatherings in extra extravagant fashions, gaining notoriety via Estella's childhood friend and columnist Anita Darling. Cruella's haughty and arrogant behavior increasingly discomforts Jasper and Horace, as well as the Baroness. Estella sabotages the Baroness's spring collection show and simultaneously stages her own show in Regent's Park, wearing a Fox Dalmatian fur coat to further taunt the Baroness, having realized that Estella... Damn it, I'm sorry. Sorry, wearing a fox Dalmatian fur coat to further taunt the Baroness. Having realized that Estella and Cruella are the same person, the Baroness has Jasper and Horace arrested and sets fire to their home. Estella is left to die in the blaze, but is rescued by the Baroness's valet, John. Estella discovers the necklace unlocks a box containing her birth records. She learns that the Baroness is her biological mother. At her birth, the Baroness ordered John to have the infant Estella murdered so she could focus solely on her career and keep her late husband's inheritance. John instead gave the baby to Catherine, one of the Baroness's maids, who raised Estella in secret. Cruella breaks Jasper and Horace out of prison and reveals the truth, recruiting them. Artie and John for her final scheme. Um, God, I'm really, I'm sorry, I'm really screwing this one up. Uh, the quintet sneaks into the Baroness's charity gala, where Estella meets her on the cliffside balcony, revealing she is the Baroness's daughter. The Baroness feigns embracing Estella before pushing her over the balcony. She then realizes that her guests have let, been led outside and witnessed the act. Estella survives with a hidden parachute and with Estella and with Estella. Symb symbolically dead, adopts her Cruella persona for good. 
The Baroness is arrested, and Cruella inherits Hellman Hall, renaming it Hell Hall, and moving in with the rest of the quintet. In a mid credit scene, Cruella dis- delivers two Dalmatian puppies, Pongo and per- Purdy, to Roger, Dur- Roger Dearly, the Baroness's former lawyer, and Anita, respectively. Now an aspiring songwriter, Roger begins composing the song Cruella de Vil. Wow, I struggle with that so bad. So bad. Nah, I feel like that one was a tough one. Okay, phew. Um, one thing about that ending, though. Why in the hell would Roger write a song about her <laughs> like that? I I can agree with that because for the from what I saw, he only saw saw Estella's side. He never saw Cruella's side. Yeah, so he never. I don't think he ever thought Cruella was evil. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they. I guess they had to have a prelude into 101 Dalmatians. Odd, but whatever. Um. So starting off with story, we ended up giving this an eighty-three point five. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, definitely one of the weaker stories that we've had lately. Yeah. Um. But I feel when it comes to like some of Disney's live action um interpretations. At least to me, this is one of the better ones. I will give you that. Um, I think that they did a really good job at humanizing Cruella instead of just making her a puppy-killing monster. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Um, yeah, like, honestly, when they first announced this movie, I'm like, do we really need an origin for a Cruella DeVille? Um, like, I got all that I needed to in the original animated film. She's... She's a wicked person that likes to turn Dalmatians into uh, fur coats. Um, that's really all I needed. And she smoked a lot. That, that was also... Yeah. but um, I'm kind of glad did... that they did away with that aspect of her. I am too. Um, and honestly, I think this movie did a really good job uh, humanizing uh, Cruella de Vil. Um, I guess just Cruella. She doesn't really start go. Does she even go by Cruella Deville at the end? Yes, she does. Okay. Yeah, but okay. That was one thing I wanted to discuss too. That was something I hated. How she got the name Deville. Uh, yeah, it's kind of dumb. Yeah, it gets was, it from a car. Yeah, it was Horace. He was like, "Oh, I found the name. Like the car has a name. It's called a Devil." And then Jasper was just like, "You imbecile! It's a, it's a Deville." <laughs> and then she's just like, "Oh, I like that." And I'm like, "Nah, like that's so stupid." Like, you know what I was it, thinking they were gonna do? What? With all the reports of Cruella being dead, I thought that she was just going to like reappear, and people were gonna start calling her the devil. That's. F- and yeah, then, how like, would've, throw they've... in their, like, their spin. Like, I would have been so much happier if they were just like, oh, it's Cruella the Devil. And she's like, oh, Deville. Oh, like, the villain? 
Fena? Yeah, or something along those yeah. lines. Like, I would have much preferred that. Anything better than, than just it. out of a freaking car. Yeah. <laughs> it's a DeVille. I like that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, well, I mean, how did you feel about when she was a kid? Uh, like, what was it? Uh, her mom's just like, remember, uh, be Estella. Don't turn into a Cruella or some something like that that's how... okay that one that i appreciated like it's just like one of those cute childish nicknames yeah and it's like not even like it wasn't supposed to be like cute or anything it was just she was <laughs> kind of a real bitch when she was a kid <laughs> little bit <laughs> and like her her mom was just always telling her like oh we need to follow the pattern she's like well that's ugly <laughs> And she's, yeah, calls her Cruella. And, yeah, I really liked that. Like, no, I, I just, I love the attitude of young Cruella. Yeah, the actress is so, I mean, sorry, skipping ahead, but um, the the actress who played young Cruella, bravo, like, bravo, amazing job. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that a little bit later because I I did yeah. throw the young kids in for a minute, <laughs> like just like yeah. I I made their whatever scores I gave them I I made them theirs count a little less than the main. Um. But yeah, um, just getting back into the story and and all that. I think they did a really good job at um, kind of leaving you on your toes a little bit when it came to information about everyone. Like, um, yeah, the reveal that Cruella was actually the Baroness's daughter. Like, I will say that's a twist I wasn't quite expecting. I was not either. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Um. I I thought she was going to have like a bigger grudge with the Dalmatians. <laughs> like I thought it was going to be yeah, like I oh thought she so just hated too. dogs in general after that and or it, it didn't even seem like she hated the dogs. No. I mean I'll fully uh, I don't, yeah. I'm like hell do we need a Cruella 2 now to freaking really understand? Yeah. Like the the one I think the one thing that I wish that they wouldn't have done is with the ending making it seem like they were like that's like a a perfect tie in to the one hundred Dalmatians, yeah, or one hundred and one Dalmatians or whatever. I feel like yet or a second time. I like with the Cruella that they gave us in this. I can't see her doing the stuff she does in the movie. I can't movie. either. And like, I tried to think, okay, well, what about like Glenn Close's Hundred and One da- uh, or Glenn Close's Cruella Deville in the live action remakes? Um, but same thing, she is portrayed the same way as she is in the animated film. So, like. I don't know. It seems like 
this is like a new take on Cruella Deville. It's not the exact same Cruella Deville that we get in the original animated film. And I'm not opposed to that. Like if you if you want to rewrite a character and like see where they can go from here, you know, by all means go right, you know, go right ahead. And I I mean honestly I would love to see Emma Stone come back and play this character again if they ever do decide to do a sequel and take her character even further. Yeah, I agree. Um the way that like just because they tied it in that way the way that I I'm viewing what this was in the ultimate Disney universe. <laughs> like I know that ultimately this is just like its own standalone thing, but yeah. I, I feel like the 101 Dalmatians and all of those movies, anything like the Glenn close, all that. I feel like that's, um, I'm considering that legacy. Like that's the, the, that's the lore that was created about Cruella. Okay. Because everyone was thinking that that was real Dalmatian. Like what she was wearing at the, uh, at the end. Like everyone thought, Oh, is that real Dalmatian? And she always talked about like killing dogs. Yeah. Freaking didn't Jasper kind of have to like, like make sure that she was kidding at one point. Yeah, and even then, she he wasn't, like, quite sure. <laughs> yeah. And then even, like, I don't know, even, like, um, some of the other characters, like, she they'd ask, like, oh, was that real Dalmatian? And she would just, like, laugh it off or wink or whatever. <laughs> like, we knew it wasn't, but yeah. I think it's just that, like, but... that, it, like, I consider, like, it's that that became the lore that 101 Dalmatians became. Where they're just like, oh, we're going to make an animated movie about this this lady who, <laughs> who killed dogs. The, honestly, this movie is made me want to go back and watch not only like the original and uh, probably even 102 Dalmatians, or sorry, 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure. Um because that's like one of the Disney sequels, like the directed DVDs that I actually have like a soft spot for. I watched that so much as a kid. Um, but I really actually want to go back and watch the uh, Glenn Close, uh, Cruella Deville, uh, 101 Dalmatian movies. Because I haven't seen those since I was a kid. I've been wanting to, I, like this made me want to go back and rewatch those too. Yeah. And the fact that, um, oh my gosh, what is it? Uh, guy that played... Um, the uh, Weasley's dad. Do you remember his name? I don't remember the actor, but I know who you're talking about. Oh uh, yeah, he. Uh, I think he plays Horace in uh, those movies. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the, this was a this was a really fun story. It, like I think it brought a new humanity to. The character, which I feel like any other live action representation of villains like uh, Maleficent, like it did, it humanized. Yeah. These these uh these classic Disney villains. I'm I'm actually gonna say this. I actually liked this movie better than Maleficent. I did too. Okay. 
Like nothing I, against Maleficent, Angelina Jolie is great in the role, but I don't know. I like honestly, at some parts in Maleficent, I got a little bored. Um, no part throughout this movie was I uh, being like, "Oh my god, this is starting to drag on." Um, it didn't really feel like a two-hour movie to me. Jeez, I didn't even realize it was two hours. Yeah, it's like two, yeah, it's like two hours and I think ten minutes. Damn, it didn't. Yeah, it definitely did not feel that long. Yeah, right. So, like, it felt like a really like solid movie, like a good length movie, but not like two hours. Yeah, yeah. So that exactly. that's a, that's a really good sign for how well this movie flowed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they kept everything like on beat, and anything that I feel like they could have drug on, they made funny in a way, or they just gave something for you to like. They just enhanced like some of the scenes. Like, um, one of the ones for me that I felt like could have been dragging on a lot. Or that could have felt like it was dragging on was when they were looking at that dress that was all like shiny and and everything. Oh yeah, and like I felt like that could have been a little bit like being drug along, but I think they they were able to keep a really solid flow. Yes, I agree. And just like giving those like little cuts and and stuff, just enough for us to to remain interested. Yeah, like they they definitely they I feel like they definitely like towed that line a little bit, but they never crossed into boring territory. No, no, I absolutely agree. But other than that, like pacing felt good. Overall, like. Like an eighty three point five. That's like a little bit above average. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty decent. Like there wasn't anything like outstanding about this story. There wasn't anything no. that just like blew you away. I think the biggest thing that could have done that was the reveal. But I think once we got to there, I think there was a point where that's what it was leading into. Yeah. And you then you're like, oh, okay, now I see what they're doing. Like it the overall reveal like didn't come as a total shock. It's just that like it wasn't like out of nowhere, she's your mother and you're like, oh. it is they kind of led into it very slowly, so you're like, oh, okay, so this is what they're doing. Yeah, I feel um this movie actually did something that I feel a lot of movies don't do with those kind of surprises is it actually had a very good lead in. Or lead up to. Yeah. Um. Not much else I can say about the story. No, I, I mean, like I said, I'm shocked of how well this worked. Yeah. This was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on over to writing, it was actually just slightly higher than the story, uh, sitting at an eighty-four. Not bad. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the humor of this. Yeah, me too. This movie. Um, I think something that brought 
it down for me a little bit was was Horace and his constant like the angle. Real, I actually loved that every single time he made that joke. Like, we'll see really? angle. Yeah, like we'll see angle. Come on, that has to be an angle. I loved it. Yeah, I like it was funny the first couple times, but then it just got to the point where I'm like, okay, shut up. I think it's kind of the point that you know he's supposed to be not the brightest in the bunch. Um, sorry, Jasper is definitely the smarter one out of the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I think that's kind of just supposed to be the joke, which sometimes those jokes work for me. Sometimes they don't. Uh, in this case, it actually did work for me. The fact that he just kept repeating it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I felt like this movie was very quippy. It was, it absolutely was. Like, I can't remember like specific quips, but it just was, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there was a lot of mixture between the writing and the acting. Like, I, I feel like the, the writing could have come off as cheesy, but it was just the actors that that made it not. But when you think about the lines, it it does come off in a very cheesy way. Like, yeah, that was something I noticed. I'm like, okay, though that line was a little funky or this line was a little funky. Yeah. No, okay. I get you. Um, a lot of the, the, the funkiness that I was, I was feeling was from, uh, the dialogue between Estella and the Baroness after Cruella came. Because once once she started becoming Cruella and adopting that persona, her Estella started feeling very weird. It did because, uh, like, like how um towards the beginning, bear, like the Baroness would like always correct her about saying sorry, and she'd be like, "Oh no, no I'm so sorry." Oh, you know, and, like she felt like really bad for it. But when she finally came out as Cruella and she's hiding as Estella. She would kind of like be like smart ass with it. She would say sorry. She'd be like, oh, there I go again. You know, oops, I forgot that's not allowed here. Yeah, that like it was shit like that. Like when she was like unapologetically just being an asshole that <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was fine with that stuff. It was just when she was trying to play all innocent and go Oop, and, like being over the top about it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, freaking chill. <laughs> No, I, I get where you're coming from with that. With that, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like some other shit that I'm just like, eh. Um, one f- flaw I feel in the writing, and I I didn't quite know where to put this gripe, so I did end up putting it in the writing, was how the Baroness killed Cruella's mom. That is fair because it is like it, it, it comes from like so many different angles at you. Because, like, at the beginning, it's uh, that um, her mom was pushed by the Dalmatians, wasn't that how? Yeah, and then later on, she realizes um, that oh, it's because wasn't it because uh, 
Oh, shit. Well, it was because the Baroness had the, the whistle and kind of like made the dogs push her. Yeah, so the at the beginning, Estella thought it was because the dogs were chasing her, they thought that she had gone closer to closer to her mom, and so that's why they knocked her off. But then it turns out that uh, the Baroness was using a dog whistle, and that's why that happened. And, yeah, just, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah, well, well what I thought was weird was how... In the beginning, all we see is these dogs freaking come and push her mom over. We didn't hear the whistle, at least as not as prominently as we heard it when they revealed that that's what she did. I mean, didn't we get a close-up, though, of her bl- blowing it? Not at the beginning. Well, no, I mean, like, when it's actually shown that that's what she was doing. Yeah, like... It- it showed us that like it showed that she was like sticking the dog on on horus i'm wondering if maybe they would just call put in the fact that you know dog whistles um are only at a frequency only dogs can hear unless like of course you're like really close to the person yeah but then cruella wouldn't have been able like she was like laying on the ground and like the dogs jumped over her so she wouldn't have been able to see that the Baroness was blowing a whistle or even ha- having heard that she was blowing the whistle. That's fair. So it's just kind of like they made it seem like the the whistle was like a big enough thing that she noticed or just kind of like blocked from her memory or whatever. But yeah. nothing they showed us in that opening sequence when that first happened uh kind of w- reveals to us that that's what happened or that that's um oh shit what's the word i'm looking for it never foreshadowed that that was the case like we never heard like a slight whistle or whatever it was like we had no reason to suspect that she heard anything yeah so it it did kind of feel like it was like forced in there that she's like oh suddenly like memory unlocked (laughs) no yeah yeah you got a point yeah so i think that was like one of my my biggest issues with with the writing um other than that i thought a lot like the dialogue was was really good for the most part nothing again nothing outstanding nothing like super awful yeah but i think that was the biggest thing for me that i docked for was the uh the whole dog thing that's fair um like honestly now thinking about it that's why i mean one of the reasons why i um dropped it to or put it at what i was at i don't know for me like the story and the writing were like like basically the exact same for me story was just as good as the writing because I was actually amazed of how many times this movie actually made me laugh. I was too. This this movie made me laugh a surprising amount. Hmm. A lot more than I expected it to. Yeah, same here. Um All right. Well, I think that's everything in writing. So, yeah. moving on over to acting. Um, let me pull up the cast list real fast. <laughs> All right, so we have Emma Stone, who played Cruella de Vil. 
Emma Thompson, who played the Baroness, Joel Fry, who played Jasper, and Paul Wa- Paul Walter Hauser, who played Horace. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. Um, going back really quick to the uh, where's the young Cruella? Yeah, going back to uh, to young Cruella and like young Jasper and Horace, they the kids other than than Cru- Cruella. Uh, Jasper and Horace, the young versions of them, dropped the score for me a lot. I uh, that's fair. I think the um the kid that played Jasper as a kid was not that bad actually. Um, he it's was the hor- one that I had issues with. Really? Yeah, oh, I thought it was. Horace. It was like he, it was his dialogue. It's just like her mother died. Like you remember how that was. Like it just felt so odd. Yeah. Like, okay. Eh. Like it felt. Almost icky, <laughs> how he said it. I'm just like, Ugh. like, come on, man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just how he deals with the grief, talking like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, I thought uh, it was weird. <laughs> no, I get you, but I think Horace actually did, or Young Horace did a better job. <laughs> that's it's funny though, because. The uh, young horse had uh, it felt like a lot less lines than young Jasper. Yeah. Um, but as they got older, like once they j- jumped into Joel Fry and Paul Paul Hauser, um, it actually switched. I think I had more issues with Horace than I did with Jasper, but Jasper's dialogue at times still also felt like a little off. That's that's fair. Um, like honestly, because uh, One Hundred One Dalmatians has like always been one of my favorite Disney movies as a kid and even as an adult. Um, and Horace and Jasper, like I actually like them better. As uh, I like them uh, when um, when it comes to like sidekick villains. Um, not talking about like main villains. I think they're the best ones. Like those two and Cruella Deville together are just like bread and butter to me. They're just amazing together. And um so I was like a little worried when they uh announced who was playing Horace and Jasper in this movie. Um but these two like really surprised me. It's definitely a different angle a little bit. Um especially I feel with uh Jasper. This is definitely not uh the Jasper that we see in 101 Dalmatians. Um, Horace, you kind of could say, um, he's kind of still like the nitwit that he is in the original movie. Um, but, uh, this Jasper is definitely not the, uh, the dick that he is in that one. Cause I don't know about you, but he's a complete asshole in <laughs> the original 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Um, Joel Fry who played Jasper hasn't done a whole lot of stuff. Well, I hope he gets more work cuz he's a really good actor. I agree. Um the other one, Horace on the other hand, Paul Walter Hauser, he's actually been in quite a few things. Yeah, he was actually in a movie that we just broke down uh what was it last year, I think? 
that's not just breaking it down. <laughs> okay, sorry. That we bro- okay, that we broke down last year. Which one was that? Uh Defy Bloods. Oh yeah. Huh. Forgot about that one. No. Yeah, um he always kind of plays like a weird character. Like in Itania, he was this this guy, he was like a hired hitman. Oh, really? Yeah, but he was just like some dude that lived with his mom. <laughs> like he always just plays like a weird character. I really um I want to see him in a uh, Richard Jewell cuz he's the, he's the he's the star in that one and I've heard it's pretty good. I mean, it's directed by Clint Eastwood, so Yeah, so I think them as a as a duo, I think they worked pretty well. Um they I did. did I did really like the the dynamic change between those two and and Cruella. I did too because um like in the original it's never explained or at least I don't remember it ever being explained how um Cruella meets Horace and Jasper or how they met. I don't think they ever discuss it. I love the idea that um, they basically grew up together, all three of them, and they taught her, they taught her their ways. She taught them a couple things with like disguises, and you know, it kind of grew, grew into them being like their own little family. I actually really like that angle that they took with this movie. Yeah, I really like that. That's that's kind of. That's a, like a big thing that I loved. Like it was just the humanization, because it, it's like in the in all of these other iterations, Horace and Jasper are just treated like shit by Cruella, yeah. and it's just like villainy stuff. It's just like yeah. that's oh, that's just how villains treat their henchmen, and no. like with this, it did like they were able to make. Whenever, like, when Cruella started becoming more aggressive towards them, like, Jasper even said, like, whoa, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, where the hell is that coming from? Yeah, and then when she started getting more aggressive with them, you felt it more, like, it had more of an emotional impact rather than her being like, you nitwits and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like I, in the in the animated version, I I loved this angle. Like whoever decided to um have these characters meet in this way and uh, grow from there, excellent idea. I loved it. Yeah, so good. Um, and then Emma Thompson, holy shit, I love her. <laughs> Why is it she is so good at playing a bitch? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> With this and saving Mr. Banks as P.L. Travers, like, oh my god, like, how is she so good at playing the bitchy part? <laughs> Dude, she's amazing. Like, yeah, she, she seems really like is. she is so nice. I'm and sure then... she actually is in real life. I'm sure she's a sweetheart. Yeah. Um. But damn, when she has to turn on the uh, "oh, I'm an asshole" or "I'm a bitch," she like kicks it up to an eleven. Yeah, no shit. So I I loved everything that she she did in this. Like it was, 
insane. It, dude, and it was funny. I like I started laughing when she pushed Cruella off the cliff and then turned around realizing that everyone's freaking watching her and she's like, she jumped. Yeah. <laughs> like you like are you shitting me? You're trying to you're gonna try and talk yourself out of this? Everyone yeah. just watched you push her. <laughs> I, I I just love that scene for how like uh Estella basically is just like, You're not gonna push me, are you? It doesn't is doesn't that lead into the hug? I was like, dude, that's like as she, as soon as she said that, I'm just like, that's exactly what she's going to do. <laughs> how did you how like how do you not realize that? Like, what else is she going to do? She's not just going to give you a hug and be like, "Hey, me and my daughter are cool now. We're gonna go live happily ever after." Yeah, I'm like, you know damn well she's pushing you off that cliff. <laughs> she's getting that money one way or another. It, and it, I loved her. Like, Emma. Uh, kind of both of their performances, like their performances were just so equal in my eyes. I like, I loved, I liked the Emma Stone's power move. more, but I guess you, I love the power move of making those Dalmatians sit. Yeah. Like, I freaking loved that. And it's just like the little things that led up to that. Like when the dog came to like lay down and he just like started, but like stopped and looked at, at Cruella and she's just like, I'll allow it. And then he like laid down. I'm just like, what a freaking power move. <laughs> like, I was just like, straight. Damn. Up. That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Who's your, who's your top three? Um, definitely number one, uh, Emma, Emma, Emma Stone. God, I almost got him mixed up. Um, I'd probably say, yeah, number two, Emma Thompson. And then, uh, uh, number three, actually, um, oh my God, uh, so hard to pick between these two. I love them both so much. I'm gonna give it to uh, Paul Walter Hauser. I, I'm actually in agreement with you on on the top two, but my, okay. I'm gonna give my number three to to Joel Fry, who oh, played Jasper. Um, I I thought he did a really really good job at selling everything. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of funny that both of our lists are basically the same. It's just. We switched horse and Jasper. <laughs> I, I love it. That's cool. Um, dude, one I will say this: there is one one complaint that I have about this movie. Could you have wasted Mark Strong any more than, dude? Straight up, <laughs> straight up. Like you could have had anyone else play play this John character. the valet. Yeah. John the valet, but no, you had to choose Mark Strong. Like what? Who? Whose bright idea was that? I don't know. He's in the Kingsman movies, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like you've seen how great of an actor he is, and you put him in that little of a role. Yeah, he was freaking in in Shazam. Like he's been so much shit. Well, yeah, he was in Shazam. Like 
let's see. Like his, I'm pretty sure like even Kingsman isn't his top top credited. Yeah, so he was in freaking 1917, Shazam, Kingsman, Zero Dark Thirty. Um, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, uh, let's see, Kingsman again. I always wanted to check out the brother, Brothers Grimsby, but I never did. Yeah, Imitation Game. He was, he was in like he's been in so much shit. He, oh, freaking hell! He was Sinestro in the Green Lantern. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, come on! Like you're gonna take this freaking like amazing actor, give him John the Valet. <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong. I love seeing Mark Strong. Yeah, same here. He is an amazing actor, but you're going to give him, seriously? Like, come on. <laughs> like, I kept thinking, like, oh, he's going to be, like, the Baroness's version of Jasper and Horace. Like, but he's going to be like mixed in the one. He's going to be like a total badass, and he's going to be taking Jasper and Horace on, and blah blah blah. No, freaking, he's barely in the freaking movie. He like seriously, he he really, oh, really. It was honestly sad. Like I felt, I felt bad for Mark Strong. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, whatever, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he got a nice paycheck. So at least there's that. Yeah. Um, so we ended up giving acting an eighty three point five. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, moving on over to character development, we ended up giving this collectively an eighty eight. Okay, that's not bad. Um, I actually was surprised about how much I love the character development. I uh. I loved seeing uh, Estella as a child, seeing her per her other persona as Cruella, seeing her true self. That's who she saw as her true self. But her mother telling her that no, you need to hide that. You know the world isn't ready for someone like Cruella, and so she hides it for so many years, up until she's finally like, you know what? No, um, I need to bring her out for a certain reason. But also, this is who I truly am, and I'm sticking with that. Estella is dead, figuratively and literally. I mean, she figuratively kills the person, but everyone thinks that she's actually dead. Um, And she just finally becomes who she believes that she truly is at the end of the movie, just Cruella de Vil. And I I thought it was a really good character arc, actually. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think... It was really, really solid. Like, always having to... Just showing that she's always had to suppress this other side of her. And finally being able to unleash it on the world. Yeah. And just constantly pursuing something that she was striving for like always striving to be what her mother thought she could be like being great yeah and and she was but she, i think it just showed in this which isn't very heroic like so we i 
don't think like in this I don't feel like Cruella was very heroic. No, I, I would agree with that. But I feel like it was just so so nice being able to see in a very non heroic way she she was on her way to greatness, but someone didn't want her to reach that, so she got rid of that person. Yeah. And that person was the the Baroness who ended up being her mother and everything. And so I think that just shows, like, I love that arc. Like, okay, you're not going to let me be who I am? Well, I'm just going to get rid of you. (laughs) Yeah. Which I don't think you could do do that with with a hero or someone. No, I don't think you could. No, it kind of has to be a villain. Yeah, like, the way that that Cruella was acting was almost like how I compare it to, like, how the Punisher is. The Punisher's not a good guy, but he's not a bad guy either. So, it was just like, he, he does bad things to get good results. And I think that was just the situation Cruella was in. She did bad things... To get a, I wouldn't even say it was a good result. It's just a, <laughs> a result. Yeah, <laughs> something that benefited her. No, uh, that's yeah, that's that's actually a really good way to look at it. Yeah, so I, I loved it. This is definitely one of the highlights of this movie. I just want to say I loved uh, this added, um, well, the, how they did this throughout the movie. Um, when uh, Estella is a young girl, um, when they're moving to London, her mother is just like, "Oh, you know, we'll sit around the uh, this like certain uh, um, fountain and we'll drink co- uh, we'll drink tea." And the fact that she actually like goes to that fountain to like speak to her mother after she has passed away is like honestly that that was like really a really sweet idea yeah and i think that just like set it more in stone like she's she's human yeah like she's like like i said earlier she's not this puppy killing monster (laughs) no she's not (laughs) (laughs) oh geez yeah uh anything else you want to say about character development uh no i don't think of Alright, like I said, we ended up giving this an 88. Uh, Moving on over to effects. This is what's going to kill the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We ended up giving this a 71.5. God damn. Yeah, which isn't bad. But it's It's not not good. good. Yeah. (laughs) These effects were rough <laughs> how do we go from how the animals look in both the jungle book and the lion king to how they to how dalmatians look so animated in cruella was this like, mo- okay hold on was this movie released in theaters yes it was okay well, I, was, I mean, it was, I was supposed almost, to be a theater. I was almost going to give this a pass because I thought it was like a Disney Plus exclusive. 
No, this was supposed to be released in, like, this was planned, uh, like, in, like, 2018 or 2019. So, yeah, this was supposed to be just released in theaters, but then COVID happened and all that fun stuff. Then, yeah, they have no excuse then. I was going to give them a pass. I'm like, okay, like, the the Lady and the Tramp remake. Like, I was thinking, like, okay, like, if it, if the, if the, if they were going to go solely for that look <laughs> or for yeah. that like if that's like the the budget they were working with i can understand it a little bit more honestly that actually drops the score for me i thought that they <laughs> that drops my personal score <laughs> that that's fine with me yeah i'm i'm dropping it yeah, so the with my corrected score, the effects dropped down to sixty nine. <laughs> All right, hand sixty nine. They, yeah, they were not good. Like there is not one, at one point in this movie that I thought, oh yeah, those are totally real Dalmatians. Oh my god, they were so fake. <laughs> they Disney, were so what the hell? Fake. You have so much money. How do you F up CGI this bad? Yeah, like, what in the hell were you thinking? Like, the budget for this movie, it says, was between 100 and 200 million. Clearly, that budget did not go to the CGI. No, clearly the budget went to the costume. (laughs) Yeah, costume and makeup. Um... (laughs) Which we'll get into here in a second, but we need to bash yeah. these gra- these effects for for a minute. Just and I, I, this is really the only effect to really talk about, right? Honestly, yeah. Like there were some other things. Like okay, so spoiler alert: if you've listened past the, the listen up to this point, um, when she when when she gets pushed off of the cliff at the end, she has a like a parachute skirt and that looks super rough because she does like this weird flip and I'm yeah like, i'll give you oh, that okay, too. that's weird <laughs> and it's just like little it's like little things like that just like i i don't even know it they they cgi the dogs a lot uh, how did um how did you feel horace's dog looked with the eye patch <laughs> wink yeah, Wink. That was his name. <laughs> I I really liked Wink, but he had some issues. Yeah. Like I think my biggest one, or the one that stands out in my mind the most, is when they were um, they had him walking through this door or this window, and then jumping on the doorknob to bring it down. I'm like, that looks awful. <laughs> yeah. But it it's just like it. They look super rubbery. They move, like, too fast. Yeah, they do. Like, you need to slow them down. You need to give them a little bit more shadow. Because I feel like there was some times where you could tell that these animals did not have a shadow. No, I absolutely agree. You really could. Like, it was almost like they they took, like, a 3D model of, like, a Dalmatian running and just put it into the movie and didn't bother putting like any lighting or anything on it. Straight up. Just uh, what were they thinking? 
I want to know how much of of those were real dogs. If any. Like, if they... I would be impressed if they said, oh, we had no dogs on set. But there's no way that they didn't have any, like, those dogs. Yeah. I don't know. If they said, like, uh, I don't know, whenever they... If they would have said, oh, yeah, we didn't use any dogs, I'm just like... Why it worked fine when they did a live action version of 101 Dalmatians, those were all real. So I don't understand why you couldn't have done real ones in here. And you were only working with three. You weren't working with 101. Yeah, let's let's see. I I'm looking through this like behind the scenes facts to see if anyone. Uh, if anyone says anything about the the dogs, okay. So apparently they wouldn't let Cruella use her cigarette holder, so as not to promote smoking to children. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense because, like, even in like Saving Mr. Banks, when uh, P.L. Travers walks in on Walt Disney smoking. Um, he even has to point out, no, I hate people, you know, it's okay, I hate people seeing me smoke, it's a bad habit. So at least they point it out. Okay. The the dogs were CGI'd to look nasty. So those are real dogs. Uh, like, oh. not all of their movements, so not all of their movements were real. But they were real dogs on set... But they had to CGI the faces to make them look mean. Because they the dogs were just like too nice. <laughs> I mean from what I've heard Dalmatians are actually very nice dogs. I've never had one, but Okay. But like honestly, I've seen like freaking in like underdog, there were dogs that had to, you know, like get angry. Their CGI looked better than this. Yep. So I I am fairly certain that that's why they looked so bad that they had they CGI'd over real dogs. Okay, all right, that makes more sense now. The movement, on the other hand, like that one was just like meh. No. I'm looking to see if they had anything else. Nope, nothing else about the dogs. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like honestly knowing that that makes it worse. <laughs> it does. It really does. Like I could have forgiven it if you had like no dogs on set, but the fact that you had dogs <laughs> like come on. <laughs> like yeah, like seriously. But yeah, those those were that was honestly the biggest gripe I had with any of the the effects. Yeah, same here. Um, so yeah, effects scored a 69. Uh, moving on over to music. So we both gave this a 9. Hell yeah. This was a killer soundtrack. Seriously. Like, like some of the songs, I'm just like, oh my god, this works so well. Like, uh, when they did uh, These Boots Were Made For Walking, I'm like, Okay, couldn't have picked a better song. Um, the whole um, 
at the ending they start playing um uh what is it i don't forget the name but it's just like pleased to meet you hope you guess my name it's like it's devil something uh good question i don't know caleb i'm just kidding yeah um the only thing that i had well yeah the only i'll say the only thing that i had any like complaints about was that they did mention the year a lot and i think they said that was like the the early 70s Yes, yeah. And I feel like they they played quite a bit of 80s music. I might That's be fair. wrong on that, but there I know that there was a couple songs that they played where it was um like there was a Queen song that they played. It was like the, the I looked this up. It was the 2011 remastered, which I can I can forgive. But they did have a a song, this uh, living living thing song, and they played the two th- 2012 version. And then there, I feel like there's a couple other songs in there that were um, from like the the early 80s. I'm actually gonna go through and see. Oh, they don't have the years. That sucks. Damn, I was hoping they would have the years when the when it like came out but yeah that was my only complaint but it that's not a big gripe because i no, like i said funny. i don't know for sure so i'm not gonna be saying like oh well this movie wasn't blah, blah, blah. no like, no that's no, not I the point you. does the yeah did the music work for the movie it absolutely did <laughs> yes absolutely yeah um i think the one thing it was missing was was a song that got stuck in my head that's all it was missing yeah me. i would i would agree with that damn near perfect soundtrack other yes, than that absolutely like i think i probably could have been bumped up to a 10 had they done a cruella song i know that they had one at the end with the yeah. florence and the machines but I it's just so. they don't have a very you know what very been really f- very few of their songs i f- i consider catchy that's fair i would have loved i don't know why but i would have loved if they did uh selena gomez's rendition of cruella Deville that she sang when she was younger <laughs> that would have been cool or had her like re-record one yeah yeah that would that would have actually been pretty cool that would have been way cool yeah and i I know that's kind of like a douchey thing to like think that, oh, it wasn't catchy enough. But I feel like with Maleficent, if Maleficent's overall soundtrack had been better, I could have given Maleficent a 10 for the, um, um, oh shit. Once Upon a Dream. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I I could have given a t- if they would have thrown a song like that into there, I could have given it a ten. So it's That's not. Fair. This, I think it's just. I think it was the artist that just didn't do enough catchiness for me, because I caught myself with Maleficent humming the that song a lot, and it wasn't like 
just the song in general. It was like that version of the song. So, yeah, fair. Yeah, that was the only thing that was missing, but killer freaking soundtrack. If you guys get a chance to go back and listen to it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, anything else music-wise you wanted to talk about? Uh, not really. I, I will point this out, though. The um, song that is used at the end, I don't know the name, but I know the song that they list as the last track is not the last track. That song is not listed. It's kind of weird. Are you t- which are you talking about the Cruella one or no the uh like the pleased to meet you hope you guess my name like for some reason like ev- everywhere I go it's not listed and I know it was in the movie <laughs> it's like are you sure about that <laughs> I am like a hundred percent sure like okay maybe I'm like at ninety nine percent sure now. <laughs> I think it's just the fact that you're dropping. <laughs> Please tell me this. I don't even know the name of the song. Yeah, it looks like it is. Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. That's what it is. Ooh, that but is so, a yeah. song. Yeah. So I know it was in the movie, so I don't understand why it's not listed. Weird. Like, yeah, right? All right. Um. So, yeah, like I said, music, we ended up giving a, a nine. Moving on over to costumes, where this movie absolutely shined. Yes. Um. Unsurprisingly, we gave this a ten. Yeah. Because holy shit. If you didn't give this a ten, I was going to smack you upside the head. No, I I absolutely agree. This was, okay, good. <laughs> the costume department killed it. They did every single one of Cruella's outfits. Oh my gosh, slay! <laughs> I can't believe I just used that word. <laughs> I can't either. Um, while I was looking through that through that list of facts, you wanted to take a guess at which dress was Emma Stone's favorite. Uh, was it the one where she was wearing the face paint that said the future? Was that the trash one? I don't know if that was. Uh, no, it was not. (laughs) Okay, then no. (laughs) Her favorite was the trash one. That's kind of funny. Yeah, she said that she really liked having the the 40-foot train. I mean, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. Like, every. Just when you think that she couldn't get a more iconic look, like, they just freaking up the ante. They seriously do. Like, they did such a good job. Like, when she first comes out as Cruella, because I was just like, oh, she's going to release Cruella. So I was expecting her to come out in, like, some just something as she comes out and like this just this just might say more about me but when she comes out in like her freaking leather outfit i'm just like you have my attention (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'll fully admit it emma stone could be wearing anything and she's still drop dead gorgeous yeah i'll I'll give you that 
<laughs> Dude, I had. Ugh. It took some getting used to the the black and white haircut, but I mean, shit. Like when right. she came out, and I was mm. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then yeah, every other outfit that she she came out in, like the the trash outfit or the freaking Dalmatian one. Oh yeah. Oh my! Like she freaking nailed it. Dude, the fact that she had a cane also with the uh, Dalmatian one just freaking added to it. I'm just like, that is so ballsy. I love it. <laughs> I wonder if they did the the cane to replace the the cigarette holder. If they did, I'm okay with that. I am too. Hmm. Like I I loved the cane. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh. Like, kudos to the freaking costume department. Yes, like, absolutely. Guys nailed it. Knocked it right out of the park with this one. Yeah, and like, for for someone that doesn't appreciate high fashion, I think they did a really good job at just portraying what it's like. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. Like what it's like to get ready, or and or make the 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 things. Yeah, like it. It. I think they did a killer job overall. Like just destroyed it. Like I cannot say enough good things about the costumes. Like if you're gonna watch this movie for anything, watch it for the costumes. Yes, absolutely. Costumes and makeup. Yeah, I. Like my personal favorite was the one that you were talking about the the fu- where she has like the face painted the future yep. on her on it like Same I way. I love that like quote unquote mask that she yeah. had dude and it, honestly because like or I'm... were her eyes like super striking in this movie oh they were absolutely like did they do something to them. I don't know. I don't think they did. Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I think those were just her eyes. <laughs> Damn. Add another thing to what makes her truly beautiful. Just those eyes. Yeah, like, it's just... I've... Shit, that is just her eyes. She, like they always stood out when she was Cruella. Like yeah. they, they, I don't feel like they stood out as much when she was Estella. <laughs> no, I would agree with that. So it must be something with like the dark and and light hair because her eyes just like it also could have just been due to the mask because her eyes just like stick out like crazy so i freaking i love it i yeah. freaking love everything that, that the costume department did like so good it really was all right uh getting into personal grades um i'll go first okay. i i had a really good time with this movie enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i was going to there are a lot of good aspects to this movie. There wasn't anything like 
super great or rem- that you are going to remember too much, at least when it comes to story. Um, if anything, you're going to remember the costumes because like we just went on about so, so good. Um, and the performances between Emma Thompson and Emma Stone were just so good. Like there was just some class A acting going on between them. Um, but yeah, overall, I think I had a good enough time to give this slightly above average. Um, didn't quite crack my top 10 like other movies have in the past. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to give this an 84. Okay. Very nice. Um, so I agree with everything that uh, Caleb said. Um, this was a huge surprise for me as well. Um, Emma Stone, amazing as Cruella. She was terrific. Um, just everyone, the whole cast was really good. Um, the story flowed very well. There was not one part that I felt it dragged, um, which is really shocking considering this movie was over two hours. Um, but yeah, no, I just had a really, really surprising good time with this, and I'm gonna actually give it the same score as you, eighty-four. Nice. All right. Well, that concludes this week's breakdown. So the final All Bros letter grade for Cruella has come to a a B. It's not bad. Yeah, a, a fairly solid B at that. Um, it Hell is yeah. sitting at eighty five point five six percent. Oh yeah, that really is a solid B. Yeah, so it's it's actually a l- little bit on the stronger side because our cutoff for a B plus is eighty six, so it's it's a half percentage off. Okay, almost point four percent off. Um, but yeah, let's see. Compare this to some other movies. All right, comparing this to our other B movies. So these are all movies that we have given a B to. Um, like we said, Cruella is sitting at an 85.56. That that puts it above Sorcerer's Stone or Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which we had an, an 85.43. Uh, puts it above The Lion King, the remake, which was at an 85.1. Okay. It also puts it above The Oath, which was at an 85. Uh, It was also above Christopher Robin, which was at an 84.56. Oof. (laughs) And it was above Avengers Age of Ultron, which is at an 84.37. Damn. (laughs) I know, that one stung a bit, huh? (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but it puts it underneath uh, Onward, which was at an 85.67. Okay. And then it was also below The Force Awakens, which was at an 85.8. All right. So the margins are very, very close. So the difference between The Force Awakens and Cruella is seriously 0.3%. Damn. 
Holy shit. Yeah, so it it out of all of our B movies, it ranks number three out of twenty. Holy shit. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's freaking epic. Um, I am going to do something fun for a second. Alright, we have ranked 146 movies. That's how many we've done on, on this show. Shit. There are a few of those that we didn't do episodes for. But, so out of 146 movies, Cruella ranks... 63 yeah so out of oh sorry one 145 I'm, I'm trying to remember that the top row doesn't count because that's where we have like the movie percent like f- telling us what the columns uh, are oh okay gotcha so yeah we've we have ranked or we have scored 145 movies and Cruella is sitting at 63. Holy shit. So that's not awful. No, that's not awful at all. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. I, dude, it's freaking epic that we've almost done 150 movies. That's insane. Right? Holy shit. Yeah, well, I'll have to make a note of that. Yeah, yeah, please do. Like, just when we finally do score 150 movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where uh, Cruella's sitting. And I think it has a pretty decent home. Agreed. All right, well, that concludes this week's breakdown. If you like this episode and want to hear more of our stuff be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts we are basically everywhere um since moving to the new distribution service um yeah we should still be everywhere hopefully (laughs) um yeah we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify there's more i need to get a new list (laughs) I know I said everywhere, but there's some I'm just like a little uncertain of. It's like maybe <laughs> I don't know now. Yeah, um, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube. Um, the new distri- distribution service actually makes the videos a little bit more interesting to watch now instead of us just doing like one basic background. So go go check that out. Um, and. If you would like to, you can also follow us on social media where you can hit us up with episode ideas in our DMs, answer our question of the week, or if you want to join us for an episode, we would love to have anyone on. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search at the All Bros, or you can go to our, or email us at the Allbros channel you gmail.com. really struggled with that. Yeah, I know. I'm just struggling okay? tonight. <laughs> Um, same man, same. Or go check out our website, tinyurl.com forward slash the all bros. 
Um, I've been pretty consistent about updating that one. So, yeah. Where So, on our website, you can find links to our merch. Technically not a store. Our, <laughs> our merch idea board. <laughs> there we go. Okay, yeah, that works. I like that. Um, if you want merch of any sort, any anything you can imagine, I can probably design it and get it made for you. And then you would just, I don't know, Venmo me and all <laughs> the cost of it, whatever it gets to be made. Like, I'm I'm not gonna charge anything. Like. I'm a, I just uh, I I just think people wearing our merch would be cool. <laughs> so whatever the cost oh, of the thing is to be made is how much you would need to Venmo me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, hit us up. That you can also go on our T Public site. I haven't posted anything there for a while, but I'm pretty sure we still have at least half a store. <laughs> Like if you just wanted to go out and do that, so just make sure you don't want anything from Disney or Warner Brothers. Yeah, otherwise you're shit out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Next week we will be breaking down Free Guy. Um, the Ryan Reynolds movie. It I've heard it some really good things about it, so I have some high hopes just because I also really like. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. As do I. Um, so you guys can look forward to that next week. And until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I am Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next week. Deuces. So long. <laughs> I'm, wow, that was so bad. I'm sorry, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs>